Good morning. You know what it is. It's the Ball Hog Sports Talk. And this morning, we're going to start with the center court. Today's episode, Fast Break. Fast Break. Because as 1.8 billion Muslims around the world celebrated the conclusion of Ramadan and broke their fast, Eid Mubarak, to them and their families. Apologies if I messed that up. But as they celebrated Ramadan, we dive in today on how that concept, fast break, applies to sports, business, and entertainment. The term fast break is most commonly used in sports to describe the moment in basketball when a possession changes suddenly and the offense is rushing ahead, trying to get ahead of the defense to score an uncontested basket. But as y'all know in the ball hog sports talk, if you've been here, you know by now, we get a little deeper. On the positive side, a fast break is a dream come true. Think about it. After years and years of discipline and hard work, athletes often get their fast break or their opportunity to live their dream during the draft as they hear their names being read by the league commissioner with the such and such pick of the such and such draft the such and such team selects fill in the blank and just like that an athlete has their break and his or her life changes drastically and then they live happily ever, ever after, right? Well, maybe. Then again, maybe not. Or dare I go as far to say, probably not. Because on the other side of the fast break, on the other side of that theory lives a darker, darker reality. Athletes often experience a fast break as it pertains to their fame and their money. Here today, gone tomorrow. Unfortunately, that version of fast break doesn't end in a basket or end in a fairy tale, but it often ends in dejection, confusion, and sometimes even depression. When the fans are no longer screaming your name and the bank account is no longer flush with cash, the type of fast break that they experience leaves individuals broken altogether. And with that, let's dive into today's show. It's the fast break episode of the Ball Hawk Sports Talk. You know what it is. It's the Ball Hawk Sports Talk with your boy B. Brown, ESQ, a.k.a. the Ball Hawk, a.k.a. the Mop of the South. AKA Mr. Excessive Celebration here for another week, and we'll be joined by you know what it is the Big Flow Show himself. Bring on my man Big Flow and let's get it started. Wake up, wake up, wake up, and stay woke because this is the Ball Hog Sports Talk with your boy B Brown, ESQ, AKA the Ball Hog. AKA the mouth of the South. This is the place where sports 
business and entertainment collide. And we're going to give it to you rough, rugged, and raw. So come get you a spoonful. Like some grits with butter and salt. You know how we do it in the South, y'all. Make sure you do not get caught in your feelings. Strap on your seatbelt and enjoy the ride. Come on. Let's go, go, go. What's good, America? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, Big Flo? How are you, man? Man, I'm living it, man. Friday night, Friday, Friday morning. Uh, sun is out. Beautiful Chicago weather. You know, yeah. ready, ready for a good weekend. You said Friday night because your mind already on the. I'm already, weekend, I'm already done with today. I'm we here, we here. You know, this the Ball Hawks Sports Talk, man. It's your boy B Brown, ESQ, aka the Ball Hawk, aka Michael South, aka Mister Excessive Celebration. AKA, I, I might have to say, AKA the trustee. Uh, I did win my election. Honor, I didn't know what am I supposed to call you, Your Honor, now or uh, his, his trusteeship? His what are we supposed to What does that work? Congratulations, uh, by the way, man. Shout man. Look here, man. Appreciate it. I think it, it was that show at the end that pulled it I off know, and man. did a little show, a little pregame. You know what I mean? Got pre-game. your mind right. Yeah. You didn't lose yourself. You know what I'm saying? This is what yeah. you had to go do. Yeah, but man, I, I don't know. know. Does that change our relationship? Do I have to pay no. taxes when I speak to you or something? No, <laughs> you can park anywhere in town. I can park wherever I want. I got free barbecue on Sundays. What, All I mean, of that, man. What does that come with? Uh, it comes with responsibility <laughs> a lot of times, thankless, but it is what it is, man. Roll up my sleeves and do what I got to get done. But I do want to thank you, man, for being my therapist on that day because my nerves are all over the place. But we did want our audience to understand man, to that a lot of times it's just like our game day experience and the athletes that we celebrate and that we cover here on the Ball Hawk Sports Talk. So I appreciate the support not only by uh, from you, but from other people in the ball hall mm-hmm. sports land. Y'all know how we do it every week. We ask you humbly, please like, please comment, please share, tag a friend, tag a foe, tag anybody that you know. If you're in the podcast world, please subscribe, tell a friend to subscribe. And with that, let's hop on in, man. My it dog is... wanted to congratulate you in case you didn't. You should okay. heard that. Appreciate that. That's, <laughs> a little, uh, appreciate... <laughs> a little That's what that was, translation. That was, yeah, he was good. Yeah, he was just, yeah. congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. <clears throat> this is the fast break episode of the Ball Hawk Sports Talk. So with that uh, fast break being the title, I'll be out of my mind not to give a shout out to two specific basketball references here I got to make. First, it was Dennis Rodman's birthday this week. So shout out to the worm. Man. What is birthday. he about, 60? I think he turned 60. I think he turned 60, man, which is, which is, you know, sometimes I don't even look at the number because it makes me feel so old. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, he, he, he had a birthday and he's the king of the fast break. Cause he could you imagine it. if Dennis Ryan was your granddaddy? <laughs> Cause you think 60, he got to have, he got to have, have a couple, two, three grandbabies. Yeah. Imagine D. that. D. Robin is your granddaddy. You come to your house right. with all that. Look at you. Whose uncle is this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What's up, Big John? My LB said congratulations on the win. I appreciate it, LB. My five dog. So, yeah, man, it, it's one of those. Uh, I'm saying five. My seven dog. It's one of those things where um, uh, if that is your grandfather and <laughs> he is the person that is greeting your date at the door, Imagine, yeah, hey man, you met my granddaddy. He got piercings everywhere, tattoos. What oh, is he? Six eight. Uh, Dennis Rodman. You say how old? Oh, how, how tall, tall is he? Dennis Rodman is six eight, six nine. Six eight, six nine. He yeah. got. He might. You don't know what color his hair gonna be. No. He might have on a feather boa. Right. He may have all kind of craziness on. So 
Yeah, it's six eight. So he's still Dennis Rodman, man. But you gotta think, man. Look, I can't really mess this up because I'm not gonna do nothing crazier than Granddaddy be doing. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. I got Dennis Rodman six seven actually. They listed him at six eight. I think he's actually six seven. Played much taller. All he did was rebound. All he did was carry out his role. He was a role player. Shout out to Dennis Rodman. Happy birthday! But a bigger happy birthday. And I say bigger just because it includes more people, includes more um, stories and more lives. Is the WNBA 25 years? The WNBA starts their 25th season today. Happy birthday wow. to happy WNBA. Birthday, WNBA 25 years. That also makes you feel old, doesn't it? Dennis Rodman being 60, WNBA being 25. So with that, we gotta start the fast break episode with those two. Uh, so we 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 celebrate. Shout out to WNBA. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Now let's hop on in, man, because uh, it allows us to then walk on into the first topic because there's an NBA playoff push going on right now. And this particular playoff race is unprecedented playoff push. Right, playoff push, playoff race, it's unique because there's this thing called a play-in. And not only are you trying to make sure you make the playoffs because it used to be just make the top eight, you good. Now... There's a they little give people some shots. They give you a little shot. Mm-hmm. They give you a shot. All the way from, from seven to ten, right? Because you got seven, eight, yeah, nine, ten. Seven to ten are part of this new playoff comp play in. Yeah, let's, let's check that out. Let's see. Let's see what it looks like. Yeah. Uh well, the play in, yeah. Let's let's check it out. Let's see what it looks like. All right. Now, what are you thinking right here? When you look at this and you look at the West, you look at the East. Never in a million years that I think that on the West, on in the play-in spots, at least in that seven and eight, we could be seeing LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. Uh, I love this concept, though, because what happens is the seventh and eighth, for those of you who are, who are confused by this new NBA structure, the seven and eight play each other. Whoever wins that game is in. As the seventh seed, as you will see right there on the diagram, whoever loses the seven and eight, right? So you're playing one game, seven and eight seed play each other. Whoever loses has one more hurdle to get over before they make it into the playoffs. And then they have to play the winner of the nine ten. The nine ten. C winner plays the loser of the seven eight seed, and whoever wins that one play in game becomes the AFC game, the AFC team. Rather, um, that's a lot of work, this man. How do you like this? You know, I like it. Uh, I like it, especially in a year like this year. You know, it's kind of changed, changed things up. You you pick this year to uh, to let these guys, um, Flip it around. I think it worked for the NCAA tournament. We've seen in the NCAA tournament where people have come in to play in game. And uh, I think one of the final four teams was a play-in team this year. The, uh, you I like should. it. I got to go. I got to say I don't like it. I'm going to tell you why I don't like it. Because mm-hmm. the NBA already had this, whether it's reality or not, had this reputation. Mm-hmm. Of basketball don't matter to a playoff time. Yeah. Nobody plays defense until the playoffs. Now they've given you even more time to turn up the intensity and actually play ball because you you it's only one game. 
And what scares me about that is if an injury happens, if an ejection happens. Shout out to matter of fact, hold on, I gotta give a shout out to my man UD Udonis Haslam got kicked out the game, got ejected within two minutes and 30 seconds last night. He got in the game, first time really playing all season. He comes in the game, <laughs> he, he was ready. two buckets, gets a board or two, and gets kicked out in two and a half minutes. Right. For so what? he got ejected. Shout out because he was What's fighting um uh uh the center. I'm tripping. Uh, from the 76ers, been playing, gonna be a Hall of Famer. He, you know what it was, uh, he, Dwight don't, he don't normally play, he ain't bring no extra draw, so he wasn't gonna shower after the game. But now he's, yeah. like he's starting to get sweaty, so he's nah, like, he, he's a straight up thug. He's straight up my I could tell by the way he put his hand and mushed him into his face. That's straight up Miami through and through. He Miami, um, but to, maybe to Miami. But in, in, in that example, we see that in an instant, someone can be injected. So you got one playing game. You playing the whether you're the seven, eight, the nine, ten. You got one game to make it happen, right? If you're the nine, ten, and something happens, all right, you lose. Whatever. You were the tenth seed anyway. You're the ninth seed anyway. You weren't supposed to be in. Normal year, you wouldn't be in anyway. But that seven and eight seed matchup, mm -hmm. you didn't did all of this. It's not. It's hard to be. The and now you still got to keep working. Now ten could come in because now you talking about Golden State. They had a horrible year, but now they hot. And they come just, in here. Yeah, nobody wanna play good. Steph Curry shooting out of his mind. You don't want a one game play in and you gotta go through Steph Curry. Because he can mess around and just get hot. Right now, the Lakers are behind Portland and Dallas for the sixth seed. That means the Lakers at this moment have a play-in game. And I and you know the, 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 the LeBron haters are already Chipping this into his legacy. If he goes into a playing game, Michael Jordan never goes into a playing game. <laughs> They're gonna put this right on his tombstone. True. Had to do a playing game. And if he lose, if he lose it, Jordan never would have lost a one game to win it all to get in. He never would have did this. It just I don't I don't like it, man. I understand. What, what about lottery impl implications? I kind of feel like if you're the 10th seed, do you fight this one game to get in this playoff, or you just take your lottery chances to get a lottery pick? You know what I mean? Because that's a I lot, know, man. man. I, was, Maybe I, if, like I feel like if you're the 10th seed and you went in, you steal the lottery. Like it keeps said. moving. It keeps moving the the goalposts back, man. And the NBA already has this perception that nobody plays real basketball until playoff time. But playoff time now has been removed. Cool. I love the NCAA and the fact that anybody can win at any given time. You had, you know, UConn play their their way in by winning a conference championship and then went on to win the overall title. I, I love that when it comes to uh, college basketball, but this ain't college. These are pros. It takes a lot to earn a seven seed, and in a blink of an eye, you could be out of there and change the legacy. So I, I, I'm not in love with it at all, to be honest with you. Man. I don't know. You know what? I, looking at looking at, at some of the kind of what you said, like some of these people don't have to play anything to the end. Now you really don't have to do anything in. Yeah. I agree with you on that. But do people really want to risk a one game? Playing now, you're really trying to fight to be a six seed. You should, you, you should, but with load management, with normal injuries, with the fact that they had a shortened, abbreviated off season, uh, because of COVID, it, it just it, it, there's a lot on the line. I don't think this is the year to do it, but 
I didn't get to make the decision, so it shall be. They, done. Call, you. they call me. They didn't call they you. Called you. They didn't yeah, call I got. I got to vote. My my ball. I got to get you in front of my people. Man. All yeah, good, man. Good. You know what? They I got to pay that the, the extra service and get called waiting. <laughs> they might have called me in my line. You have the NBA me. package? Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> I don't got <laughs> the NBA package, so maybe they, they, they called me. True. My line was busy. Yeah. Uh, but let's think about now. So you got the Mavericks and the Blazers are both ahead by one game. So we'll see uh, what what the Lakers will do. Uh, the Mavericks play the Raptors and the Timberwolves in the last two games. Uh, both of those are eliminated from the playoffs. So mentally, they're already on the beach. Uh, the Blazers are going to play the Suns, who are the second in the West. They uh, Actually, the Blazers lost to the Suns by one last night. Great game. Uh, and they also play the Nuggets as fourth in the West. Uh, so, you know, you, you know, I don't know, man. It's one of them situations where – Anything can happen. But the New York Knicks, who I clown regularly, who I take any opportunity to clown, because I'm a Miami Heat fan. Let's go Heat. The Knicks been sorry since the Knicks been sorry since the Knicks been sorry. And somehow, some way, they keep selling out their doggone Madison Square Garden Arena. Uh, but they back, man. Julius Randle been playing ball. The Knicks sure. have made it in the playoffs for the first time since 2013. Are the Knicks for real or are they Fugazi? They they are they I do not they, have to I think they, I mean Randall re, shout out to Randall because he like reinvented himself ever since dude said uh what was that dude who clown Randall and said that um Zion Williamson's basically uh Randall <laughs> and he was like I gave you 40 last year so like ever since then I feel like he's been rejuvenated you know what I mean that yeah. little stuff with the Lakers he got himself tightened up a little bit. I think he was a little bit more swole up when he was in college. Right. I don't know, man. The, the, like everything comes around, man. It's cyclical. Somebody got to be good. You, how many how many lottery picks do you have to get before you become good again? Uh, that's got that's a great question. I think it, it, it's less than uh, uh, should be less than twenty or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Nick's been getting lottery picks for a long time. Hasn't worked. But Julius Randle resurrected his career. Shout out to him. That's the only good thing I'm ever going to say about the New York Knicks. So there it is. Documented on this day, May 14, 2021. I said something positive. You're part of the local government now. You got to speak up. I got to speak. I got to speak positivity. Uh, But we'll see what they do, man. But they will not be in a play-in situation. Uh, The four, five, six people were jostling the Hawks, the Heat, and the Knicks were going back and forth between the four, five, and six. But they're in no jeopardy of the play-in game. Washington Wizards, on the other hand, are in jeopardy of not making the playoffs. And Russell Westbrook has broken, which we got to give a pause for the cause. Russell Westbrook has broken the all-time triple-double record held by Oscar Robertson, a record that people thought was untouchable. It was up there in those, you know, you think of them records that nobody ever going to break that. Russell Westbrook broke it. Uh, and has also broken the record for the Washington Wizards for all-time triple-doubles in one season or for their career, right? All-time triple-doubles. He broke it in one season. He's averaging a triple-double. So you tell me Jordan didn't have that? (laughs) No. No, no, no. no. You you mess around, right? You playing. Don't (laughs) see – I'm not messing. Don't don't be talking about MJ, Michael Jordan. MJ's my guy, man. But you know, sometimes the fans just get so crazy. I had to throw shots because right now there's somebody typing up something they're gonna probably put on the screen. I can't believe you said something about MJ. Would you? Of of course, he didn't want to talk about MJ, man. I was gonna get my blood pressure all up. I'm not gonna believe you. I see your sarcasm. I'm not missing. They weren't the Wizards then. They weren't the Wizards. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, no, they were the Wizards. They turned to the Wizards. They turned to the Wizards. Um, was it? Was it? Yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. You don't remember the jersey? Uh, but the fact good. that Russell Westbrook 
that's averaging a triple-double while playing alongside Bradley Beal, right, is, is going head-to-head with Steph Curry for the scoring title. That dude, Russell Westbrook, man, we talked about it last week. His career is pretty impressive. Now, you, you, took, you took Russell Westbrook over Allen Iverson last week, and I laughed at you. But I can't laugh at this stat. Russell Westbrook, shout out to you. Congratulations on breaking the record, man. 182 triple doubles. That's crazy, man. That's a lot, a lot man. Of triple doubles. That's a lot. That's a, p- a couple seasons worth. Yeah, man. Triple doubles. He's you can expect him to give you one every time you come out there. Averaging it over the season uh, for I don't know how many times. I think when you go back to what is it about his teams that never just they never kill. This one not on him. A lot of times I put it on him. This one not on him. You could no one could win with this team. Bradley Beal scoring points too. It's just they they don't have enough. At the end of the day, you don't have enough. You just don't. Um, so let's just break records. If you can't win the game, let's break, let's break records. records, baby. What are you gonna do? Break records. You know what I'm saying? Like a nice DJ, break them records. You know what I'm saying? That's what he out there doing. He breaking records. So. I know, and you know, and everybody knows that it is time for the weekly LaMelo watch. You tried to clown me last week because LaMelo only had four. Did, it, well, did he double up? What did he have? Eight? What did he have? That's you three. tried to clown me last what did week. Do? Don't worry about how many points he had. He got okay. the rookie of the year locked up. Did he get triple-double? He, 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 no. he didn't get triple-double. <laughs> Oh, that's where we at now. That's the standard. Got, if it's triple, you can't come after him, and then don't you know what I'm saying? You came after Westbrook. Now we that's the new standard. Now we're man, gonna talk about Lamelo, Lamelo balling, man. And, and look, Charlotte has clinched. That's right, clinched a playoff berth. He, I think he has clinched the Rookie of the Year award. The they clinch playoff or clinch play in? Put play in. All right. Yeah. yeah. See that that's why I don't like it too. Now it's like yeah, it's, I got to be like they're six seed. Like they like they can stretch. But they in there. They got a chance. They got a chance. He almost uh, had a triple-double, I guess. He um, kind of. He always – look, it's, man. The, he's the man is baller. But I think he made the most noise this week by claiming he could have been the NBA's version of Luka, meaning he could have played in the NBA at 14 years old. Now, we know at 14 years old he scored 92 points in a high school game as a freshman, 41 points in the fourth quarter in that game, what say you? Do you think LaMelo Sit your ass down. Yo, Sit your, get you a big glass of I would agree. I, I, no, First of all, he wasn't team. even tall back then. I, he got all tall after that. Second did. of all, he used to shoot the ball all goofy. He, he did. Got, sit he your did. Ass they down. both did. Their, their, their shooting style was a little broken, as they like to say in yeah. basketball terms. And the 92 points, it was no NBA uh, veterans was injured during that stunt. That's why I give it up that 92 points in high school. <laughs> you ain't buying it. Nah. Give me a rebound. I, I would agree ball with school. him if he already had his height at 14, but he was. You would agree? He's still crazy. Man, you know, I'm LeBron Team LaMelo, man. Yeah, I'm age. Team LaMelo. When, when you got a, a dad that's that crazy, that like mean? that crazy, and he's gone out of his way to build NBA champions, he's gone. I, that's it. His whole life was about building these guys and shaping them into NBA players. To be the youngest of the batch, to be the youngest of the litter, and have to take all of that from all of them for all them years, yeah, man, it make you tough. I think he's a heck of a basketball player, man. Yeah. Basketball well, IQ 14, is no, sir. For, maybe, maybe 15. 15. <laughs> 15. I give him 19. 
You get me? <laughs> he's exactly ready. He's ready this year. It happened when shows. it was supposed to happen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right on time. All right, man. So we got to hop in, though. We we, we got to hop in throughout this sports segment. It's the fast break episode. Man, let's do it. And we know LaMelo's the king of the fast break, but there's a different king in the fast break this week in terms of discussion. None other than DK Metcalf. We found out a lot this week. We talked about it in last week's show. Now we got to see it. We ain't had to talk about it. DK Metcalf got an opportunity to be about it. And what we found out is that he's close, but not really a track star. But he ran a 10-3-7, I think. 10-3-7. He was unable to qualify for the Olympic trials, but he did run a 10-3-7 in his Golden Games, and he finished ninth out of nine in his heat. But he did beat two people because he he was he was fast. <laughs> two, two people had he tripped did. up in the heat before. No, he finished 17th overall, and there were 19 toe. people. So, so he wasn't dead last in overall. He was dead last in his heat. 10-3-7, what's up? What do you guys say about 10-3-7? I, I just look at this. as fast, fast as hell. 10-3-7 is fast as hell for a football player. But when you start getting into other people's business, man, you know what I'm saying? Like, There's very few people out there. They can do pros in more than one sport. And DJ Metcalf is a grown man on the football field. The difference between DJ Metcalf and all those dudes is if, if he put the pads on, he probably runs a 10-4-7, and they all run like 11-something. You know what I mean? He, you, so he doesn't slow down drastically. He's not going to slow down drastically. He's super strong. He can do whatever, and he can catch a ball. All these dudes run fast. They can't catch a ball. They get their nails done. Like they're, You know what I'm saying? There's no toughness on that side. They can't do what he does. He can't do what they do. That's okay. That's okay. But, you know, he never really – how much training did he do? I think he was a hurdler or whatever. Since January. Yeah, since January. So, I mean, for that, I'll give him that. And if he really was trying to be a track guy, he'd probably lose 30 pounds at least. I mean, he's 230 pounds out there. What, what do you think the next heaviest track dude was, 160, 170? Uh, you know what? The 100-meter dash, it depends. It, 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 it invites different body types. But How much is Usain Bolt weigh? What do you think? Same boat at six foot five probably only weighs about 190. I would you know say 190 about? pounds. I got a chance to see him in person. He looks more like a basketball player the way he's built. But there are some hundred meter sprinters that have that 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 have that are thicker, but they're shorter. Lower, but yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not short. You know, no one looks like DJ Metcalf. It's pretty safe to say. No, and, and that's what you notice during the race. I thought it was a, a but you said both two hundred seven, but he's six five, so that's still thin. 20765. That's that's still, and he looks huge you know, when he's out there running. He looks he looks huge. He looks rocked up. So I'm gonna give I'm gonna get Metcalf. It's a great effort. The fact that you cannot finish last, you know what I mean? Just yeah. didn't get five With professional sprinters. Yeah, the other two. I want to know who to get the names of the two dudes. Let's shame them. Speed we speed shame today. I, I, what about the two dudes that let Metcalf? Guys, man, uh, I think that he he is. Taking a lot of heat this week because hurt people hurt people. All of these sport professionals around the world trying to laugh at like I told y'all it's a different kind of speed. Let's be clear, he was in the race. The reason he got ninth out of the nine in the race is because technique-wise, you could tell at the end he didn't understand a simple thing like make sure you lean at the tape and your torso comes over. He barely got ninth, right? So let's be clear, he got a great start. But the transitions that sprinters have 
the different phases of the 100 meter dash, he doesn't understand the different phases. For and him, he looked like he was chasing somebody. He looked like he was chasing somebody with a football in hand. He looked wild. It was so gross. The it lane wasn't big enough. Wild. It was. It, it yeah, wasn't yeah. as poetic as the person. As fluid as they say when I run my sprints. Yeah. Like when I do. You know what I'm saying? I can't hold people to the same go. standard. I hope. Here we go. Here we go. Hey, you know? What? You hey, know? I used to throw the shot put. Right, I couldn't throw that thing hardly at all, but I used to win that fat man challenge. Boy, we used to do the weight man you relay, couldn't big nobody relay? Beat me. big man relay, couldn't nobody beat me. Undefeated, let's go. Undefeated, undefeated. Never you know won, never won a shot put. Never won a shot put. I'm gonna go but check. I lost I, see, you can say that safely on the ball, Hawk sports talk. We can't fact check, but I'm going fact check. I'm going to call some people from Edison. Hey man, call your boy, me. call uh, I got the AD number. We could call your boy Ray. What they said the barbershop, man. Hey, you was there. You was there. You tell him. Tell him what happened lost of me. So uh, I think it was a gallant effort. Uh, y'all gotta stop tripping on people when they don't necessarily succeed, right? Because it, it go not they just say it's not a they always say you gotta fail to be a champion. You gotta fail, you gotta fail. It was his first attempt running with professional sprinters, and it was not a laughable attempt. He was in the race. Well, uh, I guess he, the question I have is. What did he think was going to happen? Did he thought he was going. He thought you was going to win. I don't think he thought he was going to win. I don't think he needs to hang his head either. Um, to run a, a ten three seven that big and only have four months of solid training. You've been training I mean, since let's, January. Let's, let's not true. Ten three seven is super fast. Super let's fast. Just, let's not, super fast. Yeah, super fast. Let's not. Let's all jokes aside. It's just I mean, people in the United States could beat. You know, although I know somebody who could beat him, but. Didn't run in the race. We but. all know someone that can beat him. That that okay, the right? Race. There's high school kids in Texas running ten flat, right? But a lot of those high school kids, you're right. Uh, well, it was wind dated. They had a strong wind in Texas. That, that little kid uh, a couple years ago ran nine something in high school. The white the kid. white kid went to Georgia. Yeah, Matt Bowling. Yeah. Uh he was he was a bad man. Bad man. Bad bad man. But, Shout out to uh, Marcellus no. Moore. He's from out here. He, he he can beat that. Runs for Purdue. But anyway, the fact a lot of people can, can beat you that. can think of one or two people in your life that run that fast. That man, got none of them weigh two hundred thirty pounds though. None of them weigh two thirty, and none of them that big. Six five, two forty, two fifty. And DK Metcalf ain't got nothing to hang his head about. Y'all just some hating, hating, hating. Because I didn't Don't hate on him because he'll catch you now. Okay, so if you try to hate too much, he'll catch you. You try to run from him, he 230 pounds, he'll chase you down. So be careful. Here, here's a question, my man Big Cam. What's up, Big Cam Davis? He was a defensive end. His question, uh, play played at University of Florida, did big things, man. Uh, and, and obviously played at the St. Thomas Aquinas of the Greater Fort Lauderdale, Florida area. Shameless plug. Uh, he says, has any professional sprinter yeah. ever transitioned into the NFL? Yeah, Ronaldo uh, Nehemiah. But uh, did he, he really transition because he played? Bob yeah. Hayes is the only one that I would say you well, not only am I did it, but I think Willie Galt was a uh, professional sprinter at one point. Willie Galt ran in a few races, he wasn't a professional sprinter. He's the Ronaldo Nehemiah is a great example, but did he really play? That wasn't a real transition. What do you got? Bob Hayes is the only person I can think of. Somebody google that. Ronaldo Nehemiah, how many games did he get? He got something. He plays I'm talking about DK Metcalf is a beast. DK Metcalf is in in that, that upper echelon of wide receivers. When when the question is asked, I think he's asking successfully transitioned, had an impact on a team. 
did something such that was noteworthy because 1037 to me is good, but everyone's saying, Hi, I told you so, because he didn't make here's the thing I will say though. There's a there are a number of of uh of athletes that were track guys um and chose football, right? But would have been track guys. You don't right. think uh Alan Rossum, you don't think Alan Rossum would have been a, a accomplished track guy had he just stayed in track, but he chose football. Alan Rossum would have been in the mix. In the mix. Uh, you know, he had the 60-meter run. He and I both ran track at, at Notre Dame, and we had a good old time because it wasn't our primary thing. We could show up in meets, and whatever happened, happened. Alan Rossum would have absolutely been in the mix, but to be the elite of the elite of the elite sprinters takes a whole different type of speed, and that's what DK Metcalf And training, though. But you got to say, and training. So if you take some of these guys – that like again, DJ Metcalf ran 10.37 and he started working since January. If he wanted to be a track guy and he decided to slim up, lose some of that weight, you know, not be so top heavy and actually work with the track guy for you think all those guys that were in that track meet, all of them just been working since January or they've been doing working for five they've years? They've been doing it their whole lives. Whole yeah. lives. Whole lives. Uh, Tommy well, Smith. Okay. Legendary Tommy Smith. Legendary hey, Tommy Smith. Bengals. What are you doing football? Three seasons with the Bengals. On the practice squad. Is that what we now? Is that now that's not good enough? That, we gotta get we gotta switch touchdowns. We gotta all get all I'm saying is in my NFL profile, and I didn't know this, but I want I when I won the election, they said former NFL player, they don't even acknowledge your practice squad years. The NFL don't give me credit for that. When you look at Wikipedia, they say play one year. They don't give me no acknowledgement for them practice squad years. Like, like I, I wasn't doing nothing. Like I that's racist. Something. Listen, <laughs> NFL. Right. I know NFL does it because Come on, of NFL shit. They don't want to mess around. What I was doing those years, I was Stop messing up my resume, man. I'm telling people I was here this these, these years. Like, mm -mm, Wikipedia said no. Yeah. Man. I'm wicked. Uh, <laughs> it's tough. It's absolutely tough. Are you Haitian? No, it's not possible. It's close enough. I don't. I don't think that, that that anyone has made the transition the other way, and because it's difficult. And my man Cheeky Black, my man Chew Jordan says they don't want to take them hits. Not a lot of track guys. It's a lot of smoke out there, man. Nobody ever tackles you. And, yeah. if, and and if there were if it were to ever happen, it should be in this generation because the rules have changed and they don't allow you to be decapitated per se. The rules are changed. So it's safe now. It's, it should be safer. But at the same time, the laws of physics apply. Because the same rationale you gave me for why DK Metcalf is not going to just automatically be an elite sprinter because he's a little too big means that the elite sprinters are on the slighter side. And they the run laws too of high, too. They, put, they get put so much chest. They give you all this. You can't run like they that. Run if they can stay out the blocks, if they just stay high, they come out the blocks, they're good. But when they get up there like these, bah, somebody. Wow. <laughs> do, you think, do you think Usain Bolt can make a good wide receiver? Six foot five, 207. Is just not red zone, some maybe quick little thing, catching out of bounds. Yeah, that type of stuff. Maybe just throw them deep ball. You could use them. You, you could put packages together for them. You could, you, you could, I shouldn't say that, Rezo. That's, that, that's not even true. I think you get them full length of the field, but just go routes, outs, stuff where catch it, go out of bounds, catch it, take off. Maybe a dude drag him down. I don't think he's soft. The moral of the story is this but stay outside wow. the hashes, though. No way inside the hashes. Grown men are in the hashes. While everybody laughing at DK Metcalf, find me somebody that could go the other way, an elite sprinter that can go play football. You got to be wired a certain way to get hit.
and then get back up. Most people that get hit real hard, they lay down and wait on an emergency My medical service provider to come. A lot of hoopers been created that way. A lot the, of drills, a lot of football drills created. Been circulating, everybody been circulating the little image of the little five-year-old kid getting straight up trucked. And people ask me what I think. I said, look, it builds character. The little boy going to be all right. And I promise you this. He's officially going to be a basketball player. Soccer. That's how lacrosse was invented. Because you can't hit too hard at lacrosse. So they say, right. look at You know what? Let me not just make fun of that. I'll say this about that video because it's been circulated. And Be people fine. question whether or not you can circulate it. And that's child abuse and yada, child yada, yada. I'll say this. What that reflects to me, both offensively and defensively, on that little video, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, go Google it. Five-year-old kid. Yes, decapitated. First thing is going to come up. What that shows to me is there are a lot of bad coaches in youth football. The fact that they're doing a the drill, the fact that fundamentals were obviously thrown out the window in the drill, that's all that shows. But it also so look, shows. I'm, I'm going to defend the coaches to a small extent, right? So, again, please watch the video if you guys have it. If uh, anybody could pull it up, we could show it. So when I was – Coaching them at that age, you know, my I used to have a saying. I used to say, "Trust your pads, right? Right. Trust your pads because the kids will come when a kid is out there and they see someone coming at them. They see that all their pads coming at them. They don't realize they also have pads, so they act as if you would act if you were walking around the street clothes and somebody tried to tackle you, right? And they yeah. they cower. And I say, trust your pads. So you have to kind of force these kids into making contact to get them over the fear of running into people. At He's that age, five, Reg, that little boy was five. What you mean, trust your past? He like, trust what? What you talk? What trust me? My point is, there's nothing wrong with that boy. He got up. He was fine. Every time I ever saw a really big hit in football, little kids like that, you hear, Kow! the kid gets right up. Yeah. The dude, the it don't take much to knock over a kid that weighs 35 pounds. You know what I mean? He's fine. Those pads uh, protect uh, so him. So we, we, my, our audience, our esteemed audience helped me out. Okay, he's seven. Same thing. Seven years old. He's not ready to listen to trust your past, that philosophical. So you, I'm saying you had to do some means. drills to force a little bit of contact. That was the drill. They just put him in the drill. Now you saw the outcome of that drill. So now they know that he can't partner with dudes <laughs> no more. That's not your partner no more. Man, but you don't know. You got to go pick up a basketball and learn how to get a killer crossover. That kid's gonna happen again. That kid uh, gonna show that video and get drafted. He's gonna say that's that's what taught me how to stay low right yeah. there. He be. Well, I, 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 here's, here's what I will say because parents that watch that video, matter of fact, don't go look up the video. No, parents that, that, as a youth football, if you, coach, if you haven't, unless you got daughters, if you have any don't, go, don't go look up that video because as a youth football coach, we're trying to hold on to what's left of our talent. There's a mass exodus. Parents just taking their kids and they gone. Videos like that don't make it better. So not only do I blame the coach. For, for putting that kid in that situation. But I blame the, the coach or the parent, whoever circulated the video. That's the challenge. I will say this, parents, although it looks bad, A, the kid will be all right. Fine. B, when the kids are equally positioned such that one kid is not that much heavier than the other, the outcome won't be Those kids so are the same size. Tragic. The one dude just brought smoke and the other he dude just – I Somebody got to be the hammer. Someone's got to be the nail. This that was his that turn to be. I'm nailed. more concerned about the offensive player because we got to make sure he stay eligible. With that much aggression, you don't want that kid ever not having the outlet of football. That's an That's aggressive right. young man. Uh, but here it is, man. It, it, it's one of those situations where, you know, in this fast break episode, 
you look at, at, at what DK Metcalf did, we asked whether or not people could go in reverse. I'm not certain that there has been any track guys that have gone on to have a successful NFL career other than Bob Hayes. I don't know anybody. Bob Hayes was back in the, in the 70s. So he stopped clowning DK Metcalf. Good job, DK. I'm standing up for you. You clown him, race him. That's all I got to say. If you clown him, race him. Right. Race him. Exactly. Race him. Line it up. Line it up. Uh, I started off in the opening, and I talked about this whole concept of fast break. Fast break, and it, it, it comes from very different angles when you when when we talk about in the ball hawk sports talk. Uh, in that opening, I touched on the fast break of how you could be here today, gone tomorrow. Your fame, your money is out the door, and, and it and it feels like a, a fast break. And unfortunately, it leaves a lot of people broken. Uh, this week, unfortunately, an example of that, uh, Colt Brennan, who we all know was dynamite for the University of Hawaii. He played from 20, 20, 2004 to 2007. Uh, led the team in all kinds of statistical output. Uh, they, they had an undefeated season, only time in, in school history. Well, that Colt Brennan. He got third in the Heisman race behind Tim Tebow, who we going to get to. Don't worry. Um, uh, and he got third behind Tim Tebow and McFadden. McFadden was second uh, from Arkansas. That Colt Brennan, unfortunately, overdosed uh, on fentanyl. And he overdosed in a rehab center in Southern California. How uh, where he had been for five months, but he left a month ago. They, they – uh, he tried to come back, but he's turned away because of capacity. I, I, I oh, wanted to just friend. very briefly mention it and also do a, a brief, very brief uh, moment of silence for Colt Brennan, but not only for him, but for all of the athletes that when that fast break happens, when the sport is taken away from you, when the money is deplete, when the friends, air quote, friends are all gone, when the family that used you for that fame and money uh, now turn their back on you, for all the athletes that find themselves broken when that fast break happens and find themselves depressed, sometimes suicidal, uh, let's have a moment of silence for both Colt Brennan and for that phenomenon in hopes that we can do better. Sports can be a beautiful thing, a wonderful thing. But make sure you have a real support system around you of people that love you uh, because the same fans that scream your name and wear your jersey, those are going to be the same fans that kick dirt on your name, that laugh at you when you have adversities, that turn their back, that say, I told you so, and send, send, send around memes making fun of your plight. So make sure that your substance and your definition of yourself is well beyond what a fan or what a paycheck will allow you. Um, 
I don't know if you had anything to weigh in on a man. I mean, you know, it is deep when you start thinking about it. And I think, you know, a lot of people, first thing they want to talk about, they want to point to is CTE and different things of that nature. And I do think CTE is a real thing. It is. You know, coming off what happened to that little kid, obviously, hopefully nothing happens with his head. He didn't have a concussion or anything like that. But when it comes to, 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 to football and just the transitioning in every area, in every era, you know, you, you have a few major transitions in life, right? You're going to go from, you know, for us, we go K through five, then junior high, then junior high, then you go to high school, then high school to college, college, you go real world, whatever transitions. And you and, and you lose people in the transition. You have a chance to reinvent yourself. But people don't know what to predict that next transition after it comes from football. Sometimes if if you have football after after college, you, you know, if you don't have that plan, if you don't have the outside interest, if you're not starting to work on that next thing, that transition is tough. You know, what right. I mean, I'm right. looking about to be an empty nester. That's a transition. It's like, OK, what am I going to do? So I try to plan early. So I said, let me, you know, work with Bobby on this podcast. So I got right. something to do. But, you know, you got to have glad a you did the big man trying to work out here. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you have to start working yeah. ahead and thinking about it. And these athletes coming up today, um, thinking about what they're going to do next and how they're going to do it. On the Big Flow Show, when I interview a lot of uh, uh, professional athletes, the question I'm always asking them is, what was your transition like? What, what was your next step? How are you thinking about it? And and a lot of the people are just like, I don't know. You know, they come in, they, oh, I had this and I wanted to go. Like you mentioned yourself, you played football as long as you wanted to because you had a transition to go to law school. And I just think a lot of these kids just never have that. They never think of a day when it's going to be over and when it's going to be different. And they can't believe the reality of the world once the production's over. Like once right. it's over and there's no more football and you're not doing anything, like right. people don't mess with you. You look up one day and you got like three friends and they barely talk to you and nobody's written about you for a while. And that's just tough and it's we, terrible. We've like, seen it over and over again. I think on parents, it's incumbent upon us. And y'all y'all apologies for the, the you hear the, the banging in the back. Getting some work done to the house. So That's just, be, that's just um, a baseline. Just baseline, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Our producer put that thing in there, baby. Uh, I will say this. It's incumbent upon us parents to make sure that our kids know that they are more than just the athlete. Uh, you see it in Pop Warner. I see it in AAU basketball. We see it in every youth sports program that uh, you know who the best player is. There is a, a, a dynamic. There is a, a, a social fabric that occurs among the kids. There's a social dynamic that occurs among the parents. It is very clear at a very early age who is exceptional with their athletic prowess and they get treated differently. And you as a parent, and I say you, the general you, you and I as well, but anyone listening, it's incumbent upon us to make sure our kids know that they are more than just an athlete, that they have value beyond whatever sport that they are in and what performance they have in that particular day, because there will be a day not not maybe not if not probably absolutely it's as guaranteed as death it's as guaranteed as taxes there will be a day that you are no longer an athlete unless your name is tom brady early <laughs> you played too, it, it, it you know, too. but tom brady even tom brady there's gonna be a day <laughs> we just saw drew Brees had to, to close the door udonis haslam 18 years Go ahead, you de-thugged out. There's going to be a day where you're no longer an athlete. So make sure you're prepared for it and know that you're more than just whatever you bring to that sport. All right, I wanted to hop into a sport that we don't talk about much here, but it's a little bit of black ice going on, baby. The Tampa Bay Lightning. Let's go. The Tampa Bay Lightning, NHL. You know you didn't came to the Ball Hawk Sports Talk where we, we talking NHL. 
the Tampa Bay Lightning. We don't discriminate on, on we don't the discriminate, show. Discriminate, baby. You we got any stories about cricket? Let us know. We, it, bring it. Bring, bring it, it to the ball. Off sport. We'll talk cricket. We ain't <laughs> we'll scared. We'll talk cricket. I'm not we scared. scared. Who's the scared? Tampa Bay Lightning has not one, not two, but three black players. When they come uh, with ice. The first in NHL history. Uh, it's like, is this is this just not? It's kind of like a first because of an unwritten rule of discrimination ah. in the NHL. They were very active throughout the Black Lives Matter, throughout what I call the, the year of George Floyd. They were very active. But it's kind of unwritten rule if you think about it because in most of our communities, and I'm saying most of our communities because I'm, I'm thinking about how I grew up, uh, there's a lack of access to hockey by black people. I, I, I don't know. And this, this thing all going down rule, right down the street the from access. your house, by the way. Say again? This all is going down right down the street. This history we're talking about happening right down the street from your house. T Tampa Bay. But at the NHL no. level. I don't know at the youth level. And Tampa Bay, but they're playing, they're playing in, in the Sunrise. They're playing in Sunrise. But it's very costly to play youth hockey. The equipment, the ice time. Uh, it's costly to play. Whereas basketball, all you need is a basketball. You need a hoop and a dream, baby. That's all you need. Track, you don't need that. Line up, we're going to run light pole to light pole, as we say in Florida. If I whoop you, I, I might mess around and join the track team. But I'm running light pole to light pole, baby. And I'm showing my, 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 my speed. Football, don't take much. All right? Some people don't even buy the cleats. They could play in straight hard tops, hard bottoms, and church shoes. That's when you know you got you a ball player. Because but hockey takes a lot of money to play. Is it is it the unwritten rule of discrimination or is it the lack of access that most black communities have? I'm not going to say it's discrimination. Actually, I think that there's been a big push from, mm -hmm. from youth hockey, from what I've seen, the few people that I know, to right. try to get more uh, athletes uh, from uh, black athletes into, into hockey. Um, I think the biggest thing is nobody's daddy played hockey, right? So who's, you know, you don't, I didn't play any hockey. I don't know anything about it. You know, I, I didn't play so baseball. It's not either. passed on. Got it. It's not passed on. So you know, you see a lot of like foreigners. So you know, I'm I'm a Haitian. So a lot of people from my generation didn't play football. They played soccer. But then right. the generation beneath mine, you're starting to see NFL football players, whatever, because their parents were born here and they kind of got indoctrinated into right. the sport. Right. Hockey's you know a tough sport because again, it's super expensive. Not just the ice time. I mean, like when you start to get to the elite level, these guys are flying out of the country. They're all over the place. It is the most expensive sport by far so people are like okay who wants to try their kid out in a sport that's that expensive that they may not even watch and do whatever but as you see it we're starting to come i mean we're starting to come in there uh i mean three i didn't know that there was three black people on this on the nhl team let alone starting i never knew Art. there was a team i yeah, thought maybe Art. one or two would probably be about the max right i mean they, they had a guy picked i think number two in the draft uh i think it's popeye jones jones son Got drafted in the number two in the draft in hockey. I mean, I, I, it's a it's a good sport you're watching. You know, it's a good sport if you get into it. I just I, think I, I wish, uh, and I see somebody on here. And you can find it. Says we don't have youth hockey in South Florida, and they're right. Man, my contract is straight up, like right it's, below me. Uh, but and and I wish we did because I never got on ice. I'm like, look, put me on, put me on some roller skates. You know what I'm saying? I could dance by a boogie. I could rock out, but I never was on some ice skate. 
But the, my my former employer, who shall remain nameless, used to have this event where all the employees would get to be on the, the ice in Rockefeller Center. And I'd already decided that I'm never getting on any ice skates because at that age, why? But my sons, <laughs> your kids are funny, man, because... I always tell them, don't be afraid of anything. You can do all things. It's biblical. Don't disrespect God. You could do it. Believe in yourself, man. How you like? You can do it. And so here's this opportunity. I have my my kids at this event, and now someone says, "Hey, you you want to get on the ice?" No, nah, I'm good. I'm not getting on any ice. My son looks at me and repeats the same words I've been saying to him about, "Don't be afraid." Okay, one chance, just, one opportunity. Right. So I'm like. Now, now, now I'm in a tough spot. I'm in a pickle, Rich, because I'm like, you know, uh, big flow, my bad. I, I'm in a situation where I got to live my creed. My son's sitting there looking at me. I got these ice skates. They got my size. I'm like, y'all probably got my size, size 14. They're like, now nah, we got that. I done ran out of excuses. And uh, so I was like, you know what? Man, give me them skates. But I will tell you, man, that it was like it was natural bro we just we we rhythmic people i had a ball first and last time i ever been on ice skates didn't fall at all picked it up quickly figured out the technique and i was rocking by the end of it man so i wish we did have it, it, hockey youth hockey down in florida and more communities did have hockey i still probably wouldn't have committed to it but it would have been fun to get they out could fight I mean, they straight up sticks. fight. We <laughs> talked about fight. the NHL fight. It was a premeditated fight. Like it was, it was, it was the, the game. It was the equivalent of all day throughout the school day saying, "I'm gonna see you at school at three o'clock. Meet me at the back part." Yeah, that's how they fought in the NHL game, and it was all good. No suspensions. No five thousand dollars, a little minimum fine for the previous act that incited it. But shout out to NHL. Shout out to the black players that are starting. For the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now we gotta get it's the fast break episode, so we gotta get to this story. Mm-hmm. And I know we're running a little long, so we're gonna speed it up. And what better way to speed it up than to talk about the Kentucky Derby results? Medina Spirit failed the post-race drug test, and by doing so, could be stripped of the title. Uh, it was an anti-inflammatory drug uh that caused the failed drug test. Uh, you know, the, the, the entire race team is probably going to appeal the verdict. So we don't know whether or not the title will be revoked. But I, I ask you, does that taint the results? Anti-inflammatory. I, you know you got big money involved in sports not when, when it's not a human doing the drug, but you got the animal doing drugs. And I want all of the people that spoke up and spoke out against Michael Vick and called for him to be in jail forever for animal brutality. Y'all better speak up. If we find out that they didn't drug this horse, y'all better speak up. Do you think my, this my problem, anti-inflammatory? My problem, my problem with this is, is it's not a banned substance. It's a banned amount. And it was double the amount, which sounds crazy, but I look at that's okay. Let's say you can take four Advil before a football game. You took eight Advil. Is that, did that make you, well, let's say a basketball, is that going to make you dunk the ball? Is that going to make you do things you couldn't order to do? Or is that just going to make it so it doesn't hurt as much at the end? It's one race. It wasn't like the man but had Isn't to run. that a part of it? Being able to dunk while hurting? If everybody else got to hurt, 
the amount was put in there. The problem I have with it when it comes to stuff like this is okay. You, I'm assuming they gave him a shot, right? It was a, a steroid. I'm sure they gave him some sort of a shot. You know, it was a little too much in the syringe. Uh, whatever they had, was it too concentrated when they pulled it out? Does his body have a heart? Because, you know, let's say they probably get to give him the shot every however many times. Does right. his body not process it as well? You know, like I can't process caffeine. My body's getting old and weary, so, so I can't process caffeine right. So found, a cup of coffee found. would do a lot more to me than it does to you. So I'm just saying. You're fine with this. It sounds like you're saying you're fine with the Reds. I don't know. I so that means he you took a couple too many Tom He's Brady, good. Tom Brady by deflating the football. It's like you. you, you he cheated. That's a cheater. You think he cheated. So how is this not cheating? All that is is a little less air in the football. Like just he took too many of the, the anti-inflammatory pills that then prevented this horse from enduring the pain that other horses have to endure which allowed this horse to go on and win. Medina Spirit, you cheated, man. You cheated. You, you cheated. You, he over there mad. He like, man, I told y'all I couldn't take too many more appeals, right. man. I'm supposed to win this, man. Nah, I he ain't going to be able to make Mr. Ed vibe. He probably cursed all the people out. Y'all done messed me up. I didn't need it. I didn't need the pill, <laughs> man. Uh, but we'll see what happens. They will, they will obviously uh, appeal the verdict. So it could be years from now. This ain't the first time that this trainer has been uh, affiliated with it. So he's he playing the victim card. He said, something's wrong with horse racing. Right. Something wrong with horse racing. It ain't me. I'm not what's wrong with horse racing. Something wrong with horse racing. It just keeps happening. I'm not. This keeps happening. So that hey, makes you think it. he's a cheater. When you had those type of excuses. Right. right. Yeah. Be yeah right. That, that, that but you know you're going to take state. the thing is about it, though. If he does get caught for that, you know they were going to take his, his blood test and trust him at the end. So what are you doing? Maybe I, I look, I, I don't know what happens to the I bets. That's interest, my biggest question. What happens if you turn tore your card up because you did man, I don't tore this thing and mess around in there? Or what about the people who collected their money? Do they come back and the, some dudes that'll do, be interesting? I think that now some, that sports betting is legalized, these are going to be the cases that end up in the court because we won't know for several years if they. Uh, possibly we, we, this could be questionable for seven years, several years before we know who actually won and will be in the court. So what you know, happens they with all the wages? All those yeah. people who got their money, they're spending it. So now the people that tore their card up or threw it away, or they still had a card. They said, now nah, I want to come in. That is the, that's the shockwave around the world. It's the challenge of making sports betting legal. Because so sports betting lobbyists are saying, look, please put some little extra water in the next sample. It man, let's just do. Come I think on, what's man. gonna happen is they're probably gonna stop paying out until I mean, it was a whole week later, but they're probably gonna stop paying out until all of the post event stipulations have been met. But we shall could see. you imagine right. if you still had your card and you somehow didn't cash it in? You'd be so mad, yeah. Oh. I, I, I don't, I this, I told you, I don't, I don't bet, but. Let's hop into the business segment, man, Let's because, because uh, you know, I got to get to this story. We talked about in the opening the fact that so many of our Muslim brothers and sisters, um, they came to the end of Ramadan and they broke their fast. And uh, I tried to say Eid Mubarak. I think that's how you say it. If I mess it up, I apologize. But but there is a high-profile athlete, and we're putting this in the business segment, segment, and I'll tell you why, but there's a high-profile athlete that now has converted to Islam and observed Ramadan, and his name is none other than Kyrie Irving. So we know Ramadan ended on May 12th. 
and you know, Kyrie has been vocal in the fact that he has converted. I thought it was interesting. Um, it, it, it has to be tough for athletes because you're required to fast. So you can't consume food or water for the entire day while the sunlight is up. It's got to be tough to play games during the day when you can't even hydrate. Yeah, I don't know if I could do it. That's dedication. That's real dedication, that's dedication. real sacrifice. So uh, we had a couple guys that were Muslim on the team in Notre Dame, and they had to go through it. I don't Ramadan. I don't really know the my knowledge. So if I if I mess something up, but I know it's not the same time every year. I don't, you know. So sometimes it hit during spring ball. Sometimes it didn't. But that's that's dedication, you know, uh, to be able to sit there and not even sip water and and just to kind of suffer through it. But I guess right. the so, reflection. So- so Eid Barak to our brothers and sisters. But Kyrie is in the business section because he's also launching a business advisory firm to support underrepresented entrepreneurs and businesses. Uh, Kyrie is such a polarizing figure because he says stuff like, you know, the earth ain't round or the earth is flat. He says it. Uh, Was he serious about that? I, I don't know that he wasn't serious. I, I still. It, it, I don't want to know. That's why exactly. I, I won't look it up. Like, I refuse but, to find out. But he he's a polarizing figure. He's a very polarizing figure. He got fined $35,000 for not speaking to the press. But on the other side mm-hmm. of it, this is why I say he's polarizing. On the other side of it, there's a narrative about him that's so deep that he, he talks about uh, 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 breaking the, the – system such that there's freedoms for the players and he's now investing in this advisory firm uh to help out with underrepresented entrepreneurs he's an interesting dude man i i, I don't i don't know how to put my finger you know, on a place where he ends when it's all said and done his legacy but he's a very interesting dude but i, I think it's a great showing that he's putting his money where his mouth is and investing in these underrepresented entrepreneurs I think Kyrie's one of those guys that, you know, you, it's easy to have a quick, if you just take a sound bite of him, it's easy to have a quick decision or a yeah. quick opinion of him and right. say, oh, well, this dude is here. He's a cancer. He's not here. He's not there. I think he's one of those guys that really lets you know that you got to, you got to get to know people and understand who they are. You like to sit down with Kyrie for a couple of hours and right. have a conversation with him and find out his philosophy and you make sense. You, that, you might be confused. So you got to come back next week, come back next week, get really understand what the brother's doing, but he, he seems so selfish with certain acts, but then he seems so selfless with, you know, other acts. Nobody's 100% one way or the other. So I'm just going to say, you know, I'm, I'm going to withdraw my opinions of Kyrie that I used to kind of have him and, and and just watch this brother over the next few years, see what, what happens with him. Because he looked like he might just be going through some transit transformational stuff that some of it ain't none of my business and some of it is, you know, going to be for public consumption. Yeah. He, he made... I think when that interview, when he made the point that, yeah, I have feelings. I'm a human. I'm allowed to have feelings. Stop making me feel as though I can't have feelings because I'm an NBA player. I'm a human. Like I, I, it was very pointed. It was, I think, right on the spot. So, but we say congratulations to him for putting his money where his mouth is. And now, in this part of the show. The fast break episode of the Ball Hawk Sports Talk. I, right now, I ask you, please tag a friend, tag a foe, like, comment, share. This is the part of the show that you have been waiting on, and we about to go in. 
because it's time to talk about Tebow. Who? Tebow. <laughs> He's got that kind of impact. Every time his name listens. comes up, it has a ripple effect. So come on in here, y'all, because it's time. Because in this week of sports, there's a big business story sitting in the middle of it. In this part of the fast break episode, we're going to talk about somebody that got a fast break. Mm -hmm. Out of the blue, out of nowhere, when no one was talking about the prospects of Tim Tebow playing in the NFL, a little thing like Urban Meyer getting hired for the Jacksonville Jaguars starts this series of events that ends with Tebow. Tebow. Timmy. Timmy Tebow has been signed to a one-year deal, not for baseball, not for broadcasting, to play football. No doubt. To the Jacksonville Jaguars, it reports claim that he will earn $700,000 in base salary. I Somebody give me a chance like that. Give me a $700,000 chance. <laughs> Let me give you seven hundred grand to see if you can do something. You said you can do. We ain't nobody proved it yet, but we're gonna see. Look, they only got five, five tight ends on the roster, and none of them have uh, such an identifiable name and 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 the stats to suggest that he doesn't have a chance. I think he got a good chance. Those five are Chris Manhurst, James O'Shawnee, Luke Farrell, Ben Ellison, and Tyler Davis. Most of y'all ain't heard of them. They had Tyler Eifert last year. He's gone off the the roster. So they've got five no names. Uh, no disrespect. O'Shaughnessy from Naperville. Stop. Just because he's from Naperville Man. doesn't mean he, he is a name. His name O'Shaughnessy, and he's a brother. That yeah. that don't, don't remind you. Remind there you. That, all that's messed up. Throw you all off. Right. Throw you completely off. Yeah. But now in the tight end room. It's Tebow. Who? Tebow. Does he instantly get to sit at the head of the table? The, he's sitting next to – he's the assistant head coach. That's the <laughs> title they don't have on here. When you get signed out of that thin blue air in a position you've never played, and there's people like Skip Bayless that are defending the signing and saying that Skip Bayless had the nerve to say on his show that he would take Tebow, Tebow as a blocker over Shannon Sharp blasphemy yeah that's a hall of fame tight end guy yes he wasn't a big blocker but he still was a tight end guy that played the position and learned the position and 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 earned uh his 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 yellow jacket to hear skip bayless say that he would take tebow who tebow he would take tebow over shannon sharp i got i i this was one time i threw something at my tv now i didn't throw nothing big at the tv see you let him you let him win that's the thing steve makes me try to get under your skin and it worked you can't no, you can't no it wasn't that skip, name, it was skip skip bayless oh skip bayless he was worse he, was talk, he got under my skin i threw a pillow at the tv he's winning because he told shannon sharp a hall of fame tight end to his face to his face they was right across from each other. He said, I'll take Tebow over you as a blocker. He couldn't say he'll take him over him as a tight end in general. 
He couldn't say he'll take him over him as a what tight end. Was, as a pass catcher. Clip. It, was the only, it was the only rock that he could throw. You say something like that? I, t- look, man, Tim Tebow. Who? Tebow has America thinking that a quarterback who is unsuccessful as being a quarterback who has been on the show for nine years is justified in being signed as a tight end. So now it's Tebow. Who? Tebow got all of America, the sports world. And I put it in the business section because this ain't nothing but business. It is. It's got to be from, business. He played for they Urban Meyer. He brought Urban Meyer talk- championships. If nothing else, he's good luck, right? He's from the South, the South Florida area. Loves you. Got to bring tickets, bring in excitement, you know, shake it up a little bit. Will he make the team? I don't know. I mean, that's a lot on him. I don't know how many tight ends you keep in the, in the average team. Seven, eight tight ends they're going to keep. The Bears got like 25 tight ends. So maybe they're going to keep a lot of tight ends in that thing. I, I don't know. It's 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 a marketing play. We're talking about Jack uh, Jacksonville again. Um, again. Urban Meyer, it's his show. He's going to do what he wants to go do. If he wants to give Tim a chance to come in, maybe some people need some 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 uh, some faith healing in there. They got him coming in there so he can ha- run the, the the fellowship chaplain, for Christian athletes. You say they brought him in to be the team chaplain. Seven hundred thousand dollars to be the team chaplain. So he got somebody got to say grace every meal. Somebody got to say grace. Seven hundred thousand dollars to be team chaplain. And look, because everyone's like, all right, it's five, there's five tight ends on there. He might make the team. He might not. But when you bring in Tebow, who? Tebow. That means somebody, a tight end, has been playing a position that wanted an opportunity, that has struggled with the fact that they, they didn't get invited to the combine because it wasn't a combine. The pro day wasn't as successful because of COVID. But they are, are, are a, a good player. They've been playing a position. They've committed to it. There's going to be somebody that identifies in that category that will not be in a locker room. Because Tebow is taking that spot. If hey, if he makes the team, he makes the team. You, you win it, I mean? huh? He you, got an you opportunity. Don't think, how about all the people that have said this shows just how racist the NFL is because Kyle Kaepernick still can't get an opportunity. Yet Tim Tebow, after being out nine years, is on a roster in a new position with no experience whatsoever. Nine on years. For now. He ain't made nobody team yet. They brought him in. Kaepernick hasn't Wilson, even been on a roster. Bonus? What kind of signing bonus did he get? I don't know. But Kaepernick hasn't even been on a roster. I mean, yeah. I mean, you can look at it two ways. From from a, from, from a Jacksonville level, that's one thing. Hey, look, they're going to pick up Tim Tebow. I don't think that they were in the market for a quarterback. Uh, I don't think they were, and I don't think Kaepernick wanted to play tight end. So they went ahead and grabbed this dude and put him in there at a position that maybe he could play, maybe he can't. Um, the issue of Kaepernick and the issue of Tebow, I think, is two separate. You get to, to bring them together is just a little bit too much of a leap. But you understand why people would. Because, I understand why I bother people. Because Kaepernick. At the same time, nope. I think Jacksonville was a little tone deaf when they tried to hire the strength coach that just came out of Iowa and uh, had the issues there. You so call it tone deaf. I call it white power. At the end of the day, they don't they don't feel as though there's going to be a back- backlash. And I'm joking by saying white power, but I think that there is a sense of tone deafness and making these decisions that you don't realize the impact. Now, I don't think that Urban Meyer went out of his way to sign uh, Tim Tebow to, you know, put his, put his middle finger up at Colin Kaepernick, but at the same time, not to understand how the two would come together because those people, those purists who have said that uh, Colin Kaepernick has been out too long to justify signing him, 
I don't hear him saying the same thing about Tim Tebow. Yeah, even I out think, nine years. Even out nine years. Nine. <laughs> I think at the end of the day, they didn't make when when you look at that decision. I think uh, Urban Meyer came in his first time NFL coach. He looked in. He had an old guy that he loved, who was a great part for his locker room, great part for his yep. team. I don't think he said, "What do we do? Bring in Kaepernick or bring in Tebow?" Uh, Tebow. I think Kaepernick's name never came up. They just drafted a quarterback. I don't. I don't want to put that burden on on Urban and that and that team of the Colin Kaepernick situation. I'm not going to put that whole burden on them. He brought in Tebow for a reason. It's great for South Florida. He had success with them in the past. He thought he was going to give this dude a shot that gave him so much in his career, gave him his first national championships, and did whatever. So I don't. I'm not going to give. I'm not, I don't know yeah, Urban man. like you know Urban, but I'm not going to go. I'm not going to put that on his shoulders. Well, I'll say this under that rationale, Urban, you got my number. Go ahead and sign me, dog, because I think I would be good for the South Florida area. I did too. I had success under Urban Meyer. I think so. Too. I would be a good leader in the locker room. Right. I, I would even lead prayer. Right. Sign me. Yep. You know, I mean, he been out nine. I've been out what 20, 20, 20. Hey, come on. 19. I've been out 19. For wine, for wine, that's a good thing. For that's a good thing. Sign <laughs> me, Urban. At this point, sign me. But look, I don't think the two are exactly the same. I started thinking about it because I reached out to a few of of our old teammates. And to me, Jarius Jackson was a better athlete than Tim Tebow. And I I just wanted to get my mind around. So I started reaching out to different people who played at Notre Dame just to get their feel about uh, Tim Tebow. I I know people who coach Tim Tebow. I know people, some of those same people that played with – Jerry Jackson. So I was asking him about who's a better athlete, yada, yada, yada. Because at this point, you're saying he's got to be a phenomenal athlete to change positions in an NFL locker room. You got to be a phenomenal athlete to do that. Okay. But in doing that, I started thinking, has there ever been a black quarterback that an NFL team has kept around to just mentor other people? Matt Schaub just retired last year. No, he didn't. He left on his own. You didn't even know he's still in the NFL. Who did he play for? <laughs> Falcons. It, like oh, shut up. they bring like Tim Tebow is coming in for all of the reasons that you just explained, all the qualitative, soft skill reasons that you just explained. But I just don't, and and they all about race. But who am I not to at least analyze it from that standpoint? I don't know any black players that they just brought in for to just be there as a a, a mentor. Right. Is RG3 considered a mentor to you? No. Tyrod RG3 Taylor, played. Tyrod Taylor, they uh, RG3 was there because he was a mobile quarterback that they could put in, and they they wouldn't have to completely recreate the offense that Lamar Jackson was running. What about Tyrod Taylor? Tyrod Taylor, that was the, the fact that he had a medical issue prevented him from being a starter, but he was in there because he was competing for the job, and he was going to be the starter. What about Warren Moon? Stop. <laughs> Warren Moon was the most productive. Warren Moon played till he was 47 years old. And bald. So did Randall Cunningham. Nobody was just kept around to just be there. To just be there. What about the dude? Jacoby Brissett. All right, you're going to ball. I just don't know. I mean, it, look, you give me a name and I'll go with it. I just haven't heard one. They got a dude from Iowa State. He played for the, uh, the Seahawks for a long time. What was his name? Black quarterback. I don't remember his name. That's that's. that's I think that's Joe Webb. No, not Joe Webb. Joe Webb was in Minnesota. Oh, played yeah. Minnesota. But he um 
He was there forever. But you're right. There's not that many people to do it. But you know what, man? Seneca Wallace? You talking about Seneca Wallace? Seneca Wallace. He stayed Seneca there. Wallace was was a, 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 a changer. He was there for a long time. He was the same thing as Taysom Hill or Tyson Hill, the guy from New Orleans. Somebody he was a changer guy. But you just don't see it. Like that's nah, that, we don't see it as much, man. But you know what? Get off Tebow, man. Tebow's man of the man of the cloth. Tebow is a great college football player, one of the greatest college football players of all time. Teddy Bridgewater, he's yeah. he's gonna be it. Teddy Bridgewater is still a starter. Like, what are you come on, man? Just because they black, Cam Newton. Cam Newton's still a starter. And he don't, he might be off the roster. And he ain't mentoring nobody. Nobody. He's a fashion police. You're right, man. You're right. I'm trying Compare to compare those names you just gave me to Matt Shaw. Come on, man. Come man, on, man. Still just got the league. Just got out you the really league. Really, you telling the truth? I'm telling the truth. It was last year. I'm telling the truth. Maybe they didn't know he was still on the roster. They didn't notice that <laughs> he, he was forgot. He was like, they forgot he was on the squad. He ain't become right, a practice. Look, I had to talk about Tebow. Who? Tebow. Tebow. I cannot believe that man just got signed, but uh, good luck to him. All right, we got to sprint now because I took way too long for the Tebow section. Uh, segment, but uh, I did want to at least mention that uh, William Tate will be the first black man in the entire SEC to be appointed as president of the university when he takes over. Uh, he will be the first black president, and that's a good thing, man, because LSU has been known for a lot of black players, they've been known for a lot of black runners. Um, but now they will have a black president at the helm, so shout out, shout out, shout out. All right, let's cut over to, because I got to rock now. We got to talk about Northwestern. In this fast break segment, their athletic director, who was only athletic director for 10 days. 10 days. Like Mike, short NBA contract. Short, yeah, he got the 10-day contract, man. The students and faculty, they, 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 they protested and in less than two weeks due to the pressure from the student body. Mike Poliski resigns. You talk about a fast break. You don't uh, want to protest in your name. Not, you yeah. Because yeah. either it means you're dead or you did something wrong. You did something wrong, man. You did something wrong. So we'll see what Northwestern does from here. And it's relevant maybe because Tim Tebow. That, I don't that, know. Maybe Tim Tebow. Maybe if Tim he doesn't make the tight end game, he could get there. They got a hold out. He never he, did that. that might be in the contract. If you do not make this roster, he could be here. Yeah. We got a spot for you as the Northwestern AD. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Also in the Big Ten, man, this massage therapist story is just wild. Making rounds. Say again. Making rounds. Making rounds. We, you know, Deshaun Watson uh, had all massage therapists feeling themselves coming out the woodworks and uh, feeling themselves. No pun intended there, but coming out the woodworks talking about Deshaun Watson, and now there's a new story. Ohio State. Uh, somehow, some way, there was a particular massage therapist that got a little too close to the players. So Ohio State, the Ohio State has banned this therapist from touching a football players. Uh, I know you saw the story. I ain't going to lie. When I saw the story, I read it the wrong way, and I thought uh, they said they had banned massage therapists from the football team. And I said, damn, I hope these boys, for, for inappropriate behavior, I'm like, damn, they got a bunch of Deshaun Watsons on their team. I was actually relieved to find out that there was this lady out there making rounds, just trying to get these boys a little pep talk. Get you know a little tension. She just did a little extra, but this forty-one year old woman needs church. She going out here sexually assaulting these young young men. You need Tebow. You need Tebow. She out here sexually assaulting these young men. 
They're just trying to get an education. But that, that's terrible that they made the news. They should just cut it. Kept it yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hated that it was a story. Deshaun Watson obviously get, gets drawn into the story. Uh, that massage therapy, you got to be shaming yourself. Young boys out there doing that. Uh, and I, I, I dare you, uh, massage said, Oh, I'm challenging you to ask yourself, What would Tebow do? You need Tebow. What would he do? Get him taking me. Let's hop into entertainment quickly, man. Uh, because we're going a little long today, but it's been so much fun. Uh, and we got to get to the entertainment part. There's a new award in the NBA that's going to take sort of the same role as the Walton Payton, Walter Payton Award in the NFL. Uh, this particular award is going to be named after Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Shout out to Kareem, man. Uh, it's, it'll be the so- Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Social Justice Champion Award. Try to say that fast. Uh, for the player who best embodies his striving for social justice and racial equality. Uh, I like it, man. Each team gets a nominated player, just like the Walter Payton Award in the NFL. They get to nominate a player. Uh, on their roster for consideration of the award. Uh, what do you think about it, man? A $100,000 donation to the organization they're choosing. Does the NBA have it right? They 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 started off at, in first place when it came to social justice and supporting their players. They had a few cramps along the way, but I think they found their mojo with this one. What do you think about this award? I mean, I think it sounds good. You know, I look at it and say, hey, it's a great idea. I like what the NBA is doing, standing behind it. They're kind of been a player first league. You compare it to the other leagues. Uh, the only thing I wonder is, uh, you know, is there going to be someone on every team that, that is doing social justice activities? You know, uh, unlike charities, which will never go away, social justice, you kind of wonder what's going to happen in a few years. Is this going to die down? Is it going to be something where people move away from it? You know, what happens? You know, how long do you get this award? What happens if we, as a nation, we actually move in the right direction and it no longer becomes a hot topic? Hopefully, you got hope, you got faith that as a nation, we can get to I'm a point where we there's do. no need for social justice. There's never going to be a lack for charity, but hopefully there's going to be, hopefully we can achieve equality at some point, right? I like it. I mean, in the next 20, 30 years, the, the majority of the, of the of the what the country is is not going to be white anymore. It's going to be people of color. Things are going to change a little bit. Maybe things will be done. So at one point, do you just stop the award? Like At that just, point, maybe white people want to do social justice. Social justice, like, whatever. You know what I'm saying? But that's the only thing you wonder. Is there going to be 32 people it's 32 basketball teams, right? 30, 32 30, people. 30 teams. 30 teams, sorry. 30 teams in football. 30 teams that uh that have somebody that you can nominate every year. Um, and are they gonna keep this on 10 years from now? Are we still gonna be having people talking about social justice, or is that gonna just kind of fade away? But for for the moment, I think it sounds like a great award. It might be the NBA dangling that carrot to make sure that social justice and activism along the social justice uh lines of, of of thinking and 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 doing never go away so i i, I don't know um sure. there's always going to be some group underrepresented there's always going to be injustices in the world not because we want it to be just because that's I, and I, I hate the sound this cryptic and 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 cynical about you know the world but i think there's always going to be injustice so I, I i hope that this award um goes a long way to encouraging players because we started off talking about the fast breaking you know here today gone tomorrow but being a social justice warrior has a lot more substance than being a great three-point shooter or you know a great quarterback whatever so i like that the nba is doing that and hopefully this kareem abdul jabbar 
Social Justice Champion Award will encourage. I just like I'm just like Do Jabari Award. I'm good with that. I know, right? But they, 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 that'd be too easy. All right, man. Let's let's end it here with uh, J Cole, baby, because it's J Cole. Do we drop any bars? Do we have a J Cole? Uh... We don't have. I don't think we have bars. You know, uh, I, but I like me some J Cole. His album released last night at midnight. But he's in this entertainment segment both for the album release. The uh, his album is called The Off Season, uh, but also because he'll play in three to six games over Wanden Patriots BBC in the Basketball Africa League. We know that he at one point played college basketball. Uh, I saw a few of his workouts. He jumper still looked wet, and he's going to be playing in this African Basketball Africa League. Uh, shout out to J. Cole, man. I didn't know he was nice like that. We talked about in this fast break episode, we asked whether or not any track guys can play football and vice versa with DK. Well, how many you know the Kahoot? J. J. Cole, J. J. Cole, Master P. It's a Nelly. lot of rappers that get trained with their jump shot, but J. Cole can actually play, he can play. So, shout out to him, man. Uh, have you heard the Does, off-season? Do, do him and Dame Dash drop our album together? Is that does that make sense? And then they could do a two-on-two tournament. <laughs> oh, I'm tripping. I don't think Dame. I mean, Dame and Dash. Not Dame and Lillard. Not yeah, Dame. I'm about to say Dame, Dame and yeah, Dash. I get rapping my head. Dame Lillard. Dame and Lillard. Maybe <laughs> like you look at me like, please explain. Yeah, like Dame Dash. Like, <laughs> Lillard, my fault, Damon. So I got the Dame right, man. Yeah. I'm getting what ain't Damon? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, look, man. We'll see, man. Uh, because Dame, Dame, what do he call himself? Dimes, Damon Lillard. That would be pretty cool. You might be on to something, man. Stuff of my stuff takes a little while to understand, but you know. Now, now I'm with you. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Uh, look, this has been the fast break episode of the Ball Hawk Sports Talk. We talked about Tebow. We talked about the NBA. We talked about DK Metcalf. We talked about uh Kyrie we talked about a lot of things but most importantly we did try to connect to the fact that uh uh all of our our brothers and sisters that celebrated Ramadan and gave up so much for so long uh we uh, uh wish you well uh Eid Mubarak to you and your family um and as we try to to get through this week of sports business and entertainment it's going to be a lot of good stuff out there uh, make sure that you stay tuned because we, we we might drop another freestyle on a Tuesday or on a Wednesday. The Ball Hawk Sports Talk is doing uh, more uh, and and trying to get out there even more. So please continue to follow us like we ask you every week. Humbly, please like, please comment, please share. Tag a friend, tag a foe, tag anybody that you know. Tag your mama, you know. Your mama, tag all of them. Tag you can't say that that close to Mother's Day. Um, but tag everybody that you know. Uh, and we're going to be back next week, next Friday, with some more heat. You know how we do it, rough, rugged, and raw. It's the Ball Hawk Sports Talk with your boy, B. Brown, ESQ, a.k.a. the Ball Hawk, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, a.k.a. Mr. Success Celebration, with your boy, the Big Flow Show. And we is out. Peace.